before we get this episode started, we need to thank our wonderful sponsors. That are sponsors, especially our three annual sponsors, David Carell of Universal Creative Concepts, Gardner-Webb University School of Divinity, and Campbell University Divinity School. This podcast wouldn't happen. So here's where you come in. Take a few minutes to go to each of their websites and check what they have to offer. Or if you really want to take it to the next level, be sure to tweet about this episode and thank our sponsors. This podcast is presented to you by the School of Divinity at Gardner-Webb University. The School of Divinity at Gardner-Webb University exists to prepare men and women for Christian ministry, namely the work of the Lord's Church. Our two degrees, the Master of Divinity and the Doctor of Ministry, are carefully designed to equip and encourage ministers for the calling that God has placed on their lives. The Master of Divinity offers six concentrations, and the Doctor of Ministry can be obtained in either Christian ministries or pastoral care and counseling. Should God have called you to any number of ministry vocations, or if you aren't quite sure which one yet, you will find a place here at Gardner-Webb where, as one of our former deans once said, your heart and your head can be friends. For more information on the Divinity School and upcoming events, visit gardner-webb.edu backslash divinity. This is the Cooperative Baptist Fellowship's Conversations. We are bringing you stories from across the fellowship through interviews with people doing groundbreaking work and renewing God's world. Ideas, stories, and innovation from ministers, authors, and practitioners from across the fellowship and beyond. This is Andy Hale. Before we get to our conversation, let me give you a snapshot of the next few weeks. We sat down with, as well as activist and author, Jonathan Wilson Hartgrove. Be on the lookout for a few special episodes featuring a roundup of guests from the podcast stage of General Assembly. And now, on to our conversation. All right. Our guest for this week's podcast is Christian Pyatt. Uh, Christian is the author of Post-Christian, Leaving a Holiness Behind and Surviving the Bible. It depends on your contextual experience. You might also know him as a musician, as a pastor, or as the founder of the Homebrewed Culture Cast podcast. Uh, Christian, thanks for joining the conversation. You bet. Thanks for having me on. All right. So for those um, who often hear the theology of the man behind the podcast, Mike, um, we never hear much about your story. I guess some we do, but tell us more about you. Well, I grew up in uh, Dallas and my family, well, I guess you could say I'm a religious hybrid. Uh, my dad was raised Episcopalian, but really was not uh, interested in being a part of uh, organized religion so much uh, once he was out on his own. My mom was raised Southern Baptist uh, many generations back, um, Texas Southern Baptist. And uh, so I ended up uh, participating in the church with my mom. We went to a church in Garland for several years, and then we moved, and we helped. Uh, we were, I guess, early members of a of a new church start there. Met in an elementary school, and I, I grew up in the church there, and everything was great. I went to camp and did our sword drills and all that kind of fun stuff. I uh, was kind of a founding member of the of the youth group, and everything was fine except uh, when I got to a point where I started thinking more critically. Uh, you know, my, my school was teaching me to question things, to think for myself. Uh, and, and then I was going to church and I was hearing a very different message 
I was being uh, told, you know, that the earth was 6,000 years old, that scientists fabricated the fossil record, um, and that everything that I was reading in the Bible was literally uh, had happened or is happening or will happen. And that I, it's because the Bible says, period, end of conversation. Uh, it's sort of that bumper sticker theology. Uh, Bible says it, I believe it, that settles it. Uh, but it didn't, that didn't really work for me. I was curious. Uh, some of the things that I was reading didn't necessarily uh, make common sense to me or they seemed to contradict. And so I asked questions. Uh, and at one point it uh, it went south and uh, suffice it to say, I was invited not to come back to that church uh, after a Bible was thrown at me by my youth minister uh, for questioning the character of the God that they were presenting to me, who effectively I saw as a sadist. Well, that's uh, certainly a formative experience because that's exactly what you want the church to do, you know, just toss you out on the right rear end. Yeah, the, you know, the complete yeah. antithesis of Christ's compassion and openness to, to questions. So, so your journey takes you to the University of Northern Texas where you studied psychology. So how does somebody that ends up writing and pastoring and theological podcasting uh, end up there and, and what happens from there for you? I started there, uh, University of North Texas, if anybody is a musician, they'll know is a, sort of a bastion for musical uh, training, uh, especially the jazz program, but in any uh, number of musical styles and, and genres. And so I went to pursue my passion for music, um, ended up uh, doing a lot of live performance in various bands. And of course, I was not so much a jazz jazz guys i was a rocker uh grew my hair long uh did the texas circuit played down in deep ellum and uh, it was at a time when there was a lot going on down there it was very exciting uh but i i kind of realized that uh although i was good enough to play you know the local and regional circuit and stuff i was not probably good enough to uh to make a living at it so i thought you know i should probably have a fallback and one of the things that i really wanted to understand better uh, was sort of what drives us, what motivates us as people, and uh, why we think what we think, why we believe what we believe. And I didn't want to go the religious uh, direction with that because that had kind of ended poorly, and I was pretty sure I was I was not worthy of of God's uh, attention or love or grace, uh, let alone the church's. Uh, and so I figured, well, the next best way to sort of understand the nature of who we, why we are, who we are and everything uh, was to uh, study that through psychology. So I, I endeavored to better understand the you know, human nature and the human spirit uh, in a manner of speaking, I guess, through science. Well, um for those that uh, would be surprised by this, uh, if you look up uh, University of North Texas alumni, it would shock you. So let me just read this short list for you. Don Henley, Pat Boone, Lecrae, Dr. Phil, Mean Joe Green, Meatloaf, Stone Cold Steve Austin, and Thomas Hayden Church. And then there's Christian Pyatt. <laughs> That's, uh, yeah, yeah. I didn't make the short list, but uh, yeah, right up there with Meatloaf. Really. Yeah. 
I'm always fascinated to, you know, school alumni. So, you know, uh, University of Northern Texas is Scrappy the Eagle, which uh, nothing is more intimidating than Scrappy. <laughs> well, actually, where I graduated high school uh, was uh, at the time it was called Arts Magnet in downtown Dallas, which is now Booker T. Washington High School for the Performing and Visual Arts. And fitting all those initials on a class ring is a challenge. Uh, but they were the Pegasus. And so actually going from the Pegasus uh, to the Eagle was an upgrade for me. <laughs> nice. Uh, the hometown I grew up in is uh, Apex, North Carolina. And there's a small community as it continues to expand as this huge suburb of, of Raleigh. Uh, there's this particular community of Apex called Friendship. And I kid you not, they named the new high school Apex Friendship High School. And I just imagined that like the mascot was just two people giving a high five. Um, it did seem more fitting, but they're actually, they're actually the Patriots, which I guess is a little better, but, um, so in the, uh, in the wee months of 2015, uh, you created a new podcast series out of homebrew Christianity called culture cast and with co-host Jordan green, you discuss pop culture news, fatherhood through the lens of Christianity. So uh, for those that are thinking um, this is not another version of focus on the family, you know, filtering for us what deemed as family friendly and what is not. Walk us through the story of uh, creating this series. Well, if anyone's familiar with Trip Fuller, uh, who started the Homebrewed Christianity podcast, um, among others, he uh, was looking to expand the voices under the Homebrewed Christianity tent. And he said, you know, it, it seems while we've got the theology and sort of the nerdy, uh, high-minded approach to all of this uh, down, we don't have something that is more grounded in the everyday and popular culture. Um, would you be interested in, in talking about what uh, faith and theology and spirituality look like in daily life? So I said, yeah, I mean, that's kind of my whole thing. So I talked to Jordan Green, who was uh, with the Burnside Writers Collective. Uh, if anyone is familiar with that, uh, it has since gone away, I think. But a uh, heck of a writer and a really, really amazing guy. And we said, hey, you know, I think, I think we could do this. And we just started with our laptop. I just hit record. And uh, we just uh, started talking. We had a couple of interviews with people we knew, authors, uh, activists, artists. And, uh, and it's just kind of gone from there. And actually, uh, we, we, you know, we, we have been going longer than, than that date. That, that's when we switched uh, publishing, uh, platforms, but we've actually surpassed over five years now of, uh, doing this podcast. So, uh, veterans, I guess at this point, uh, you could say. Well, um, and, and the thing is, if, as one who follows it, but you know, for introducing those, this podcast goes well beyond pop culture, um, by engaging in rethinking lectionary seasons, uh, biblical comparisons of Harvey Weinstein, which is one of my favorite episodes recently, uh, an examination of autism and parenthood, and of course, Donald J. Trump. So how do you discern what to cover and what to dig into? Yeah, it's, it's really those places where uh, we feel it, we've, we've always avoided trying to be clickbait 
Uh, you know, if anyone's familiar with that term, that's basically trying to get the things that people are searching the most. So you can uh, end up high, you know, you can get a lot of traffic uh, for the sake of itself. You know, podcasting really isn't that way. You're wanting to create a relationship with people. And so we try to imagine the people who listen to us and, and what they're coming across in their week uh, most commonly and how, you know, what, what of those experiences, what are those stories, what are those, those topics, are they facing and thinking, now, how do I do this as a person of faith? How do I engage this? What, how do I respond to it? Uh, and so you know, the, those are the things that, that we end up uh, addressing. And of course, at this point, my uh, co-host is my wife, uh, who is an uh, ordained pastor, Amy Pyatt, and so we, she talks about the things that are coming up in her congregation. Uh, I talk about the things that, that come up with me, with my, in my social media spheres uh, and, and with other writers and such. And we distill it down to those things that we feel are most compelling to people in, in feeling like they need to say or do something, but not sure what to say or do. We try to address those things. We need to pause and tell you about this week's presenting sponsor. Ministering to Ministers Foundation has been offering hope for ministers and their families in tough situations and help through health promotion, intervention, and renewal for over 23 years. Healthy transition wellness retreats for ministers and spouses are currently offered in Alabama, Georgia, Michigan, North Carolina, Tennessee, Virginia, and Wisconsin. By offering spiritual, emotional, physical, social, and legal assistance to ministers in all faith groups, our hope is to help them develop healthy relationships, productive work environments, and worthy transitions. For more information about the MTM ministry, contact us at 804-594-2556 or visit mtmfoundation.org for more details. Well, um, you know, certainly uh, creating something like this comes a, a bit out of your um, personal theological perspectives, the things that matter deeply to you. But I wonder, you know, as, as you pour your heart out into these conversations and create this content for, for your audience, w- what's been the biggest challenge? Uh, yeah, it's a good question. I think it's, it's figuring out that distinction of what belongs just in our lives and what belongs in the show, because our show is very... Uh, distinctly personal. We uh, people know us. It's not just about ideas. Uh, we actually share our personal experiences. We share our opinions, and and that can be tricky. Uh, and, and but but there are times when we've even recorded something. We say, uh, you know, that probably was an overshare. You know, uh, or we talk about our family, or we talk about our kids, and things like that. Uh, and especially now that our kids are getting older, we have to ask their permission, you know, before we uh, talk with them on the show or about them. Uh, and and so figuring out those boundaries of how you create a person, a relatively personal relationship with the people uh, listening to the podcast without violating trust or without violating any boundaries, implicit or explicit, that you may have in, in your daily life. Yeah, going back to uh, asking permission from your kids, I I think there's going to be a generation of parents who are going to get sued by their parents from the videos and pictures they put on social media for all the world to see. 
it probably resulted yeah, in a surprise. <laughs> you know, I could imagine a day coming where somebody doesn't get hired because you know their their video of them when they were a toddler of being a complete brat gets put on on social media and it's like hey you know we checked your references and this included this one so you you probably throw right. in there uh, you know ministers that also have to deal with the the same thing as they share embarrassing stories about their children from the pulpit but um, I wonder if you might share uh, what uh, what episode do you want back. Oh, uh, you mean like it, it, that I wish I hadn't done the way I did it? <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah, pick up. Because I can name oh. mine. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. You know, I have one, but then what I don't want is for people to go like digging through and trying to listen to it because it's just so <laughs> yeah. bad. It's just so bad. Let's say this. There was a live episode once and it did not go the way uh, it should have. And it was not honoring of the guests uh, that we had on. And we were, we were still figuring out who we were. And uh, it just, uh, if I could undo that whole episode, I would. Uh, I just, it's almost like looking at your high school uh, yearbook photos and going, oh, well, oh no, no. Well, what was it? What were we thinking? Uh, I'll just, I'll leave it at that, I think. <laughs> the shame is just too unbearable. Well, and if if trips in the space are sharing a, a common feed, you often can find yourself in that place as well. So, uh, you know, we interviewed yeah. our trip for the podcast uh, about a, a year and a half ago, and uh, there was a good bit we got done. I was like, "Oh, trip, that was great," but you know, I got to go back and edit like three quarters of that out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, trip was involved in that episode. I won't say it's his fault, but he was certainly. Uh, he was certainly complicit. <laughs> I, he can take it. Don't worry. Oh, absolutely. He's he's tough. He's he uh, that guy. That guy is. We call him the Podfather. He is. Uh, he's pretty amazing. As controversial and unpredictable as he may be, sometimes he uh, he has one of the most brilliant minds that I've ever met. Agreed. Agreed. Well, um, what's been what's been the most formational for you about doing this series meeting the people i've gotten to meet uh interviewing the people i've i've gotten to talk to um you know i i I won't say it's just being starstruck although you know getting to interview like ira glass or martha raddatz um you know or uh, hannah rosen uh, who works for the atlantic and uh for the invisibilia podcast uh, these these are people who you know, I've always dreamed of getting to sit down and have a conversation with. So to get the chance through this medium is is a real privilege. Uh, but then there are just other people who you know uh, aren't necessarily as well known, but you get to this level of intimacy with them in the in these discussions, uh, or you get to dig into these ideas. Like uh, I can think of uh, Matthew Fox. Uh, who's you know an author and an LGBT activist, and uh, he he shared you know very uh, heart wrenching stories, very deeply personal stories on a on one show, or when I got to interview John Kariaku, who uh, was a former CIA and he uh, was a, a whistleblower on the black sites where they were found to have uh, been conducting um, torture on uh on people that they on detainees and he was he was one of the original whistleblowers on that 
I mean, just to, to get to have those kinds of conversations with people and, you know, at like 20, 30 minutes at a time is pretty special. It's, it's remarkable. And I, I, I consider myself very lucky, even if nobody else enjoys what we talk about. Uh, Christian, you know, I'm going to have to go back and edit. Like I'm going to splice in boring names of theologians and like washed up 1980s public television personalities instead of this cavalcade of brilliant people that you just listed, you know, cause we are in a sense a competing podcast and I want people to know you're brilliant, but your guests are boring. Oh, uh, right. Just list a whole bunch of old dead white scholars. And we'll be good. <laughs> yeah. So all of the German theologians, gotcha. There you go. Yep. Starting with, with, uh, yeah, I, I well, we'll leave it at that. You can throw in as many as you want. <laughs> This podcast is sponsored by Campbell University Divinity School, committed to Christ-centered, Bible-based, and ministry-focused theological education, and committed to help you answer your call with a variety of master's and doctoral-level programs. Curious about what Campbell's mission looks like in action? You should meet Jason Duke. Jason began his journey as a history major at Campbell, completed a Master of Divinity degree, and then he and his wife, Lori, went to Turkey for two years as support missionaries. On their return, Jason entered law school with a goal of providing financial platform for further bivocational ministry and mission work. But God had yet another turn in the journey for Jason. After graduating with his Juris Doctor and passing the bar, Jason entered the Marines and now serves as a JAG officer. Sometimes living out your call takes unexpected directions. How might Campbell help you discover or sharpen your call? Campbell University Divinity School offers Master of Divinity, Master of Arts in Christian Ministry, and Doctorate of Ministry programs in flexible formats that follow students to have a rich face-to-face classroom experience, even while working or commuting to Bowie's Creek, North Carolina. For more information on our master's and doctoral level programs, visit divinity.campbell.edu. All right, so in 2018, you uh, created the Surviving the Bible, a devotional for the church year of 2018. And this is a lectionary-based conversation that's laid out in a way that most readers, I would say, don't anticipate. You you break down churchy and biblical terms in everyday language, as well as give a, a cultural references for people to connect to, um, such as songs and movies. I do take issue uh, in the 2018 edition. You gave several references to the band Nickelback, and this is your chance to redeem yourself. Were you trying to be? Were you trying to be ironic? I honestly cannot stand Nickelback at all. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm not a, I'm not a fan. Um, but uh, <laughs> that's so funny that that's the one thing that you pulled out. Yeah, no, I, it's one I, critique. The one critique. We'll put it that way. Everything else is great. You, you have to keep in mind when I when I wrote that book that I was living in Portland, Oregon, which is the basically the capital of of irony. Uh, in the United States. So, you know, there may be a tinge of that every once in a while. Well, smooth, smooth fix there. Because uh, when I came across that, I just said, I can't believe this. I mean, these guys need to go away (laughs) as soon as possible. And here he is bringing them up and raising them up as a, uh, as a connection somehow with the lectionary text. Yeah, if if the if the antichrist dwells among us, you know, he, he is likely coming uh, with the soundtrack of Nickelback behind him, <laughs> playing, blasting. This is how you remind me. Uh, just at full volume, it goes to eleven. 
Oh, it's so bad. It's it's awful music. <laughs> <laughs> it is just terrible. It's you know, what what they did to rock and roll just should not be allowed. There should be a law. I'm there's all a, for the First Amendment, but that's there's a line there somewhere. <laughs> well, they're they're Canadian, so you know technically they don't have uh, the rights um, of all of us, us Americans. So there's a great. Well, then they have YouTube, no taste, but, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You should go on YouTube and uh, just type in Nickelback and uh, beer bottle. There's a great video of uh, people booing them, and the lead singer says, "What you don't like rock and roll?" And right when he finishes the line, somebody hits him in the head with a beer bottle. It's it's, it's priceless. <laughs> Um, yes, we do like rock and roll. That's why we're yeah. throwing beer bottles at you. <laughs> you know, the one Nickelback fan that actually listens to this series has just written me off completely. So, you know, it's worth the sacrifice because you need to you need to inform your taste of music. So, all right. So, tell me, uh, what's that's the net positive for you, actually? So, yes. I, I think it's it's collateral damage that is worthwhile. Uh, we'll we'll take the losses. Uh, so, so what's the motivation behind this uh, this? book that I assume is becoming a series because um, obviously we're going to talk about the 2019 edition. I assume it's going to take the lectionary arc going to two, uh, 2020. It is. Yes. We've got books uh, one, two, and three. Well, it started with year B and then next is year C starting. Uh, well, it comes out September 1st this year. Uh, and of course the, the lessons start in Advent. Um, which is the beginning of the lectionary year. The the motivation behind it was that, well, I mean, honest, quite honestly, so many of the devotionals that I've ever read really suck. Um, they're they're soft, they're feel good, warm and fuzzy, or they're way too scholarly in the weeds for average people to pick up. Uh, and most of them don't. They 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 have an assumption of of knowledge that a lot of people don't have. Um, and so the, the, the audience that I'm writing to is not necessarily the, uh, the person who has gone through seminary, uh, although it might be for someone like that who needs to be reminded of how to talk to their congregation, um, <laughs> you know, in a class or in preaching, uh, because not everyone is going to have, you know, Derrida at the tip of their tongue. Uh, or, or get, you know, that you're, that who you're referencing when you, when you talk about, uh, you know, this dead white guy, uh, from Germany, but the, the, the language in scripture is confusing. The assumption of the context in which the stories fall, uh, is confusing. And a lot of people just don't necessarily have that sort of uh, background. It's it's not that they're not smart enough to, but they just don't. They haven't been trained to uh, to see the connections necessarily in all of the texts. So they get this one text that's dropped on them, and somebody preaches, uh, you know, for a few minutes on it, and they may or may not have understood it, and they get just whatever the pastor wanted them to know, and that's it. Uh, but what I wanted to do is show them this bigger arc uh, that prevails through the lectionary and throughout Scripture. And so we try to connect the dots. Uh, so, you know, connecting what's going on in Ezekiel with what's going on in the Gospels and the Psalms and the and the letters from Paul, and how there's they're referencing each other and how the words, uh, the particular word choices sometimes have very significant theological or cultural importance. But explain it in a way that you know is is not 
is is not uh, just scholarly, but makes sense in the real world. I mean, that's kind of where all my stuff comes from. Same with the podcast. You know, what do we do with this today? So, you know, I'll, I'll reference and I'll defend this one to the death. I reference Karate Kid several times. Okay, that's uh, okay, you know, but Nickelback is not okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, but but you know th- how theology relates to themes in the Matrix or or you know the Superman comics or this song uh, you know by Macklemore or something like that. Whatever it happens to be, uh, that that these are things that were happening here and now for the people who were hearing them, likely hearing them, not reading them at the time Scripture was written uh, over hundreds of years in various cultures and languages. And, and so we need a, a help decoding it uh, and finding these bigger themes that matter to us because there's this lingering, so what? Why bother? Read scripture. And I, I agree. Most of the time, the way it's taught and the way we try to approach it, I'd say, so what too? So I'm trying to actually make it matter, uh, especially for those people who feel like they should at some point read scripture, but don't even know how to begin. All right. Besides uh, the quick edit between now and September first, or removing you know any Nickelback references, what's what's new in the 2019 edition that that can't be found in the 2018 edition? But and also the obvious, it's a new year in the lectionary text. Um, you know, I, the, we try to stick with the same structure. So every week we take all the churchy word, we we give a summary of each of the texts. Uh, covered that week. We decode the the churchy terms. We, you know, we start with some first thoughts, just some quick kind of a Cliff's Notes version, uh, and then uh, go into a deeper dive, and then some sort of relevant current day, or at least in the last, you know, 15, 20 years, um, relevant cultural story that connects to the text, uh, and then some sort of a prayer to, to end with. Um, and so we stick with that uh, that formula, because I think it's one that allows people uh, sort of rhythm. And that's something that's important in, in the lectionary itself. It's a way uh, to break us out of this sort of linear progressive understanding. I don't mean progressive like liberal. I mean, like, like everything's always moving forward away from the past and toward the future. But I think there are a lot of cyclical uh, dynamics to our lives and to our spirituality that we need to recognize. And there's nothing bad about that in fact i think it's necessary and so to go through these cycles and to fall into these rhythms uh, whether they be every week or every day or every year is important so i'm actually not changing uh the formula and people received it very well and and so i'm kind of sticking with that uh so really honestly the the only differences uh, are the texts that we cover and uh, hopefully giving new examples and new insights that maybe reveal a larger a uh, larger truth uh, or a larger wisdom, at least, uh, to be found in the entirety of Scripture. Well, I've certainly found um, this this first book in the series to be uh, formational for uh, my preparation as I follow the lectionary text as a local church pastor each week. Um, so I wonder if you might share some some feedback you've received from your readers. Uh, usually it, it's something to the effect of finally, uh, finally, there's somebody who gets where I have been wrestling with the text for so long. Yeah. You know, I talk about that. 
uh, you know, a, a bunch of us have uh, maybe started at Genesis and we think we're going to get through, we get to Leviticus or Numbers and we give up because it's weird and arcane and boring and tedious. Uh, and, and so, so I get that. And I, 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 not, I try to acknowledge that. And so I try to identify with people who have struggled with text. You don't have to entirely get it. You don't have to answer all the questions. It's messy. It's confusing. It's complicated. There are apparent contradictions. There are, are things we just can't make sense of. And, uh, and so I try to sift through that together with people. And so the biggest thing I've seen is a great sense of relief. Uh, one, you know, the, uh, thank goodness that I'm not the only one uh, that feels this way about scripture. And, and two, just gratitude for finally having a tool that allows them to uh, work through uh, scripture in a, in a weekly Bible study. That, that doesn't make them really kind of sick to their stomach because it's not saccharine and contrived and, and so hopefully not so agenda driven uh, that it's just trying to uh, create some form, sort of group think or get you to believe the way I believe. Um, and so uh, I've just seen that sort of gratitude and relief from a lot of people who have been reading it. Uh, what's next for you after this? Well, then the third book, of course, uh, will be coming, and we're continuing on the uh, on the podcast. So uh, we we've moved uh, recently back to Texas. My wife has taken a new pastorate in uh, Granbury, Texas. So trying to support her, spend time uh, here with my kids, and and I'd, after the series is done, after the third book, I honestly don't know. I mean, I've got tons of ideas, of course. Uh, I wrote a novel at one point, and I've considered writing the follow-up to that. Uh, I wrote a memoir at one point, and I have a second book I actually finished but never edited uh, following that up. Um, but, you know, it, it's hard to say. I guess it, it's really just putting your ear to the ground and getting a sense of what people need uh, and then trying to respond to that uh, at the when the time comes. You could do something revolutionary like, you know, create a year D in the lectionary. I mean, talk about, that was talk actually, about yeah, that was actually proposed. And, uh, but then I found a friend of mine had done a year D and I said, well, I guess I don't need to do that. So uh, <laughs> I'll just refer people to his instead. <laughs> with those who want to stay uh, connected with Christian, uh, you follow him on Twitter at Christian Pyatt, uh, also ChristianPyatt.com. Of course, go to iTunes and download the homebrewed culture cast. Uh, Christian, thank you for your willingness to, uh, to be vulnerable and talk about things that are difficult. Uh, thank you for continuing to stretch the theological imagination of your listeners. My pleasure, and uh, certainly appreciate the opportunity to have a, a conversation. This podcast is brought to you by David Carell of Universal Creative Concepts. At UCC, they specialize in partnering with churches and ministries like yours to provide quality products for your logo and branding. David likes to find the right products that represent and fit your desired need and budget. UCC can logo virtually any product that you might be looking for. Need apparel like t-shirts, jackets, polos, socks for staff, youth groups, conferences, or from any other branding needs? UCC is your one-stop shop. UCC can provide all logoed items that you use for visitors, from pins to drinkware, or tees for VBS. 
David desires to be your go-to guy for all items logoed. On a personal note, I've been using David at Universal Creative Concepts since 2009, and I hope you will give him the opportunity to serve your promo needs. Whatever you want logoed, David does it. Contact him today at 1-888-GO-TO-GUY or 888-GO-TO-GUY.net. That's 1-888-GO-TO-GUY or 888-GO-TO-GUY.net. Hey, you won't be disappointed. Well, that's our episode. We'll see you next week. Visit cbf.net for more information about the Cooperative Baptist Fellowship, stories about our field personnel, chaplains, and church starters, as well as our advocacy work around the world. 